Welcome to the Monetary Mixtape with Will Hoffman, founder of Hoffman Wealth Management. In this podcast, we help fellow Gen Xers simplify complex wealth issues that are important to Gen X. We do this by cutting out the mundane material and using a refreshing approach to finances in a way this skipped generation appreciates. Join us for this ride where we explore financial planning and wealth management as Will Hoffman draws from almost 20 years of experience and brings to you qualified guests to help be your latchkey to tricky monetary affairs. Welcome to Monetary Mixtape with your host, Will Hoffman, where we talk about the ever-forgotten Generation X. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, Will. How are you? I'm good, Wendy. How are you? Despite my, oh, no. my raspy voice, you had a little uh, little tangle with some pneumonia a couple of weeks ago, and my voice is still a little... Pneumonia? That's serious stuff, man. Yeah, it was not fun at all. I'm, I'm usually, a pretty, usually a pretty healthy and active guy, and that... It took me down, but I feel great. Just my voice doesn't sound very good right now. So I It'll apologize to our listeners if maybe they like it. I don't know. Maybe it's something I should figure <laughs> out how to keep. We'll see if, if what, who is a famous uh, raspy voice, Stevie Nicks or. Uh, yeah. Has a raspy voice. That's maybe maybe it's here to stay. Hey, you never know, but it's really we'll not see. in your hands. No. It's out of your control. Keep treating it well and drinking my tea with lemon and. Hope, hope for the best. Yeah, there you go. So we have a guest today. We do. I got to meet Jerome Myers a couple of weeks ago at an industry conference, at the Jolt Conference. He was introduced to us by one of, and I'm sure Jerome will agree, one of our favorite people, Matt Halloran, who's definitely our, our podcast uh, guru, to say the least. But Matt made an introduction. And and I'll tell you what, it's that's been the coolest part about podcasting for me is, is not necessarily the business development for our firm and the increasing awareness for the work that we do, but the people that I've been able to connect with and meet has been really interesting. I know that we've been delivering a lot of great insight to Generation X um, when it comes to everything from education planning to retirement planning to investments to even just learning about our own our own behaviors when it comes to investing. And this is going to be no different. Jerome is a business exit coach. And am I am I correcting that? Am I saying that correctly, Jerome? Yeah. We help okay. found, founders with their exits, man. Yeah. That's it. And helping business owners and founders finally see the light and you know capitalize on, on their hard work and their life's work. So uh, welcome, Jerome. Thanks for having me. This is great, Will and yeah. Wendy. Super excited to come to be on the mixtape i feel like if you have a mixtape then you got to have a raspy voice because you know <laughs> you had to do some things in order to be able yeah. to have credibility on the mixtape right that's not it. get pneumonia <laughs> not get yeah I, I i if there was a way to get to this remixed voice without pneumonia that would have been a much easier path that's for sure so First, I guess, Jerome, before we get into what it is you do and, and how it is you do it, give us a little background about you, where you're from, where you went to school, all, all of those things. Man, so I was born on a Saturday and went to Womack <laughs> on the hospital. Uh, my mom was asleep when my dad named me. I think, just think that's funny because oh. she woke up and her kid was named after carrying me for nine months. No, but in all seriousness, <laughs> I'm the son of a soldier and a stay-at-home mom. I grew up in Fayetteville, North Carolina, where I did a bunch of stuff. My 
high school superlative was most involved. And so when you think about all the activities, including sports, I was there and I didn't hang out with any of the athletes when I was in school because I was in all of the AP and the honors classes. It put me in a really interesting situation because when I was getting ready to leave high school, I went to talk to my AP physics teacher and said, hey, Mr. Ayers, I want to solve problems, but I don't know if I want to solve them with people or with math and science. And he said, well, Jerome, if you, if you do the people thing, then you're going to be a psychologist or a counselor of some type, maybe a therapist. And if you do the math and science thing, which you're pretty good at, then you would probably be an engineer. And so I thought back to a conversation I had with my mom when I was four, maybe five, we were standing in the front yard and my favorite day, because I didn't go to daycare, was Thursday because that was the day that the trash man came. And so you could hear him on the main street and we were the third house on the right in the cul-de-sac. And so I'd see him turn the corner. He'd do the first yard, the second yard, and then he get to me and he always put on this miraculous display. Well, he would <laughs> kind of hop off the back of the truck. He'd flip the top off. It'd spin around like a quarter, fall flat. He'd do a little pirouette, dump the trash in the back of the trash can, and then spin it back to the corner like a Frisbee. Right. And then he <laughs> would do what every kid wants. He'd pull the lever. And pull so if you see yeah. kids, yeah, right. They're pulling it when they're driving by tractor trailers or in the latest rendition, baby shark, where people are just going crazy for that. <laughs> that was my baby shark moment. And so I was pulling it. He pulled the handle and the thing would come down to crush the trash. So I looked at my mom and I said, mommy, I want to be a trash man when I grow up. And she <laughs> said, well, baby, don't you like your Jordache jeans and don't you like your Nikes and don't you like your guest t-shirt? I was like, yeah, of course, mommy. She was like, well, when daddy goes to work and I know he goes at six in the morning, doesn't come home till after six at night. Sometimes you don't get to play. He pays for that with the work that he's doing. I said, mm. and then it kind of sunk in. So that doesn't mean that I can do what I want. Like I, she's like, you need to choose a profession that's going to pay for the lifestyle that you want to live. And hey, you might have a little person one day and you might want to be able to buy that stuff for them. And trash men don't really make that much money. I said, but yeah, Lonnie gets, he's at home and his kids get home and they get to play. She's like, yeah, but remember the stuff that he does while he's gone, your dad, that pays for all this stuff. So it pays for the piece of pays for the clothes. And so I was in a conundrum because I, I really felt like all of the innocence got sucked out, but it didn't come back until this yeah. day when I'm talking to Mr. Ayers. And so I decided to go to engineering school, Will, and I play football while I'm there for four years and I get out and I go on this corporate America run. And so my last job in corporate America, I built a $20 million division for a fortune 550. I started with $0 in revenue on January 13th, December 24th. We are at 20 million. I had 175 people on my team. And I'm talking to the guy who I saw once a quarter and talked to every other week. And he said, hey, Jerome, we're going to lay half of them off. And I said, what? <laughs> he was like, yeah, I made a decision. It's like, no, nah, that's not the right answer, man. And he said, yeah, I'm calling to inform you that I made a decision not to negotiate with you anymore because we've been going back and forth about what we should do next. Yeah. And I said, yeah, that's not what I want to do. And he said, yeah, I understand, but I'm telling you what we're going to do. And so 
He said, look, it's 4.55 and I was 4.59 on Christmas Eve. I'm going to go spend the rest of the year with my family. I'll talk to you next year. And so I spent the next week trying to figure out who's going to stay and who's going to go, oh, what man. we're going to do on the other side. And I was like, this sucks, right? And so we put Humpty Dumpty back together again. We make another run with half the team, another $20 million in revenue, another 30% profit margin. And I'm having a very similar conversation, except it's Thanksgiving this year instead of Christmas. And so I was like, man, I don't want to do corporate anymore. I want to go out and do my own thing. So I got into real estate, built a portfolio of apartment buildings with people that I went to high school with and some people I went to college with and people I met throughout my professional career. And then I got lonely. It got super lonely. I was like, man, I miss I miss people. Cause yeah. Like with the real estate stuff, you don't really have to spend a lot of time with people. And so I was like, what what do I actually miss from my days in corporate? And the only thing that I miss was when people would walk into my office and say, hey, I don't know if I could have done this without you. And that for me was the most rewarding piece of the job. It was the ultimate compliment. And yes, so we Isn't started. Cool? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We started I mean, that's, coaching. We, that's the coolest part of our profession is when folks are doing things that they couldn't have done without you and you got to get them there. That's, that's what I like the most about what we do also. Yeah. And so we started coaching folks because that was the only thing that I missed. And so we kept running a real estate portfolio, but we started helping people in what I call it was double their business, double their time off and double their charitable giving. And when we did that, more and more people started showing up. And what I realized was, that was cool, but there was this group of people who were exiting. They were quitting their career, their job. And for some people, it was a career. And they were going into the pasture. They were being put out the pasture, basically. And they didn't know what to do. They lost their identity. A lot of their relationships blew up because so much had changed because they didn't have the same identity. They didn't have a place where they were felt like they were contributing. So their work was in, in this really funky place. Usually they gave up their health in order to build the business and they were trying to figure out how to get it back, but they didn't want to give up all the wealth that they had in order to get the health back. Or maybe they decided that it was just too heavy. And then they had the lottery ticket, right? They won the lottery, but it still felt empty. They were asking questions like, what was it all for? Is this really it? And then the big one is what, what now? And so we decided that we wanted to focus on this group of people, the people who are asking the what now, the people who were looking for the thing to do now that they weren't chasing a dollar. So is this what, and I see it all over your website and your LinkedIn page, this is sort of what you call the exit paradox. Yeah. And so the exit paradox is very similar to what people would call an existential crisis. They've got these feelings. They're asking the questions. The questions being, what now? Is this really it? What, what, what Was it really worth it? Or what was it all for? But it's triggered not by loss. It's triggered by a significant event that puts them in a place where they don't feel like they can talk to anybody else about it, right? You just got the biggest check of your life, right? And you're not happy. 
And you go tell somebody that who's still got another 10 or 15 years of work in and you'd be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but the reality is they feel the way they feel. Yeah, right. right. They have the feeling. And so we wanted to create a space where they can have that conversation and actually explore what's going to actually give their life meaning. Because in the past, the title or being the founder of the or the owner was the thing that gave them meaning in the past. Now they don't have that anymore. And the way I like to pick with people is say, hey, are you still wearing your Letterman jacket from high school when you were the quarterback? Because if you are, this is the same thing once you exit your business, right? Gotcha. And so I coached high school football for like seven years. And one of the things that we would tell the kids at the end of the year is don't let being a high school football star be your peak. Gotcha. Don't let that be your greatest accomplishment. And so our goal is to help people peak after the peak. That's a great way to put that. So, you know, we're a, a Gen X podcast focusing on Gen X, you know, investors, Gen X wealth management. Do you see this paradox impact Gen X and Gen X founders a little differently than maybe boomers who have maybe done it for longer and had so, a business for 40 years and Gen X is only on 20 years and saying, okay, the time's come. Now what? I think anybody who goes over 15 years, the business becomes a huge part of their identity just because yep. of what it took to build it. And usually they went through those cycles, right? So if they made it through the recession in 2008, then it's like, oh yeah, I'm hardy. I'm an entrepreneur. I did the thing. And then if they made it through COVID, then it's a very similar thing, right? So they needed to go through a couple of those cycles where they had to go into place where they didn't know what to do and nobody really had a blueprint for them and right. they figured it out because that's a point of pride, right? That sure. is a point of pride for the people who went through it for the folks who get in and then they get out. Like there are people who build a store on Amazon or something they're in and out in two or five years. They don't have the same attachment to this thing that's fed their family, fed the families of other people who've worked for them, potentially created a lifestyle for them that <laughs> they didn't even know was possible. Right. Like that is the thing that makes a difference. And so the intensity of this thing is really tied to, is this all they got? Right. If the business is all they got. And I mean, I think it's common for advisors and a lot of business owners, right. They sure. trade if they, so we, I simplify things a lot, right? And so the exit that we're talking about is exit number six. The ones before that, we'll just to talk about the first one, is usually somebody leaving corporate America, right? Okay. We call that exodus number one. And so you went into corporate, you got some skills, and now you're going to go do your own thing because you found that there was something that you didn't agree with, or maybe your morals were different, whatever the reason was. Sure. Right. When they make that exit, they see the world fundamentally different from when they were on the other side of that door. It's just like they walk into a whole new world. It's almost like they teleported or transported <laughs> to a different dimension. And so when you do that, though, you have to become a new person. There's a new identity that's created. Each new level of success, each new level of yourself is going to require a different version of yourself. And I just think so many people think that they can just be who they've been when they're going to these new places. And this is where people get lost, right? They get lost in the fact that the things that I tie my identity to, the things that I anchor my identity with might be gone now. Yeah. 
right? Well, they might be gone. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard for me to imagine exiting. I mean, it's easy for me to imagine somebody writing me that big check. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but it's okay. You wake up the next day. What do you do? You know, there's only, yeah, you know, so much to get caught up on on Netflix or so much yard work that I can go out and get caught up on. And now what are you doing? And, you know, I'm sure there's a serial entrepreneurs who are saying, okay, give me the money on, on Friday, on Monday, I've got another business. I'm ready to get started. Yeah. Um, but is that, is it, is the answer or the solution to life just more work? No. Right. No. I mean, I, for Will Hoffman, it's not, I, I don't know about for others. Well, you know, but, we all have those bucket lists. We all have those lists that are, and maybe they are career related. Maybe, you know, mine is to a degree, I'd, I'd like to get my business to a certain point, mm -hmm. but I'd also like to see the Great Wall of China. I would like to, I would like to, you know, run the Pikes Peak Marathon. I would like to, oh. you know, there's a lot of things I, I would like to do. I'd like to yeah. take my kids to see the Alaskan, what's it, the mountain range, Denali in, in Alaska. So there's a lot of things I want to do that are not Hoffman Wealth Management related. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I know you're listening to the Monetary Mixtape because you want to learn about financial planning and wealth management. If you have any questions at the end, please head over to www.hoffmanwealth.com or look in the show notes to schedule a call with us. But there are um, so many people who don't have any. Yeah, I'm sure. Things that they want to do outside of figure out how to make more money. Yeah. And that's where this comes in. Okay. Right? If that's what you want, if you want to, I talked to a guy who's got a pretty big practice. I think they manage 2.5 billion, right? Wow. Okay. He said he wants to die in a meeting. Like I, 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 for some, I, I guess he feels like that's impressive for me. It makes me sad Yeah, because I mean, there's so much more to life. There's so much more to the experience and there's so many people, usually when you, you serve at the, this capacity, there's so many people who are waiting for you to get done serving so that they can enjoy you. Yeah. Right. You go in and you, you do the hard work and you come home, you're tired. You don't have the energy that you had at the beginning of the day when you were serving the world to right. share with the people who you say you're doing it yeah. for, right? right? And so what if we could prioritize those folks for some time? Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, retirement is all beaches and golf and travel, because I, I don't think it is, but we believe that you that big check right? Those proceeds should be invested for a lasting legacy in some capacity. Sure. Now you get to decide what that is, but at the end of the day, we want to make a difference. We want to make a real ripple in the way that the world operates. It's the only thing that's going to live on past you. Sure. So Doesn't do you, matter do how you see that these folks, you know, when they're making are they afraid that they don't have enough? I mean, cause remember that that's what we're do, doing every day is trying to help folks understand how to use their money. Yeah. Do you see that they're afraid that they don't have enough or do you see them being so driven by 
being successful that yeah. that's you know what do you see as the hang up for not wanting to exit what's funny is how do you define success right because sure. success isn't a number in your bank account by any stretch right. but do Yes. I think that's the first thing that most people will say is I'm a run out of money. And I'll, I'll never forget being at an event and a guy was worth $11 million and he came from zero and he said his biggest fear was sleeping under a bridge. And so <laughs> what on earth would have to happen in order for him to go sleep under a bridge? And I just, it, this there's this mentality to hoard. And I'm using the word because it's going to trigger some people, right? Sure. But we're just going to hoard the money. And at the end of the day, it's not going to make a difference for anybody, including themselves. And do I think that like the giving pledge and all this stuff makes a, is the thing that we should do? I'm not going to give all my money away. Kay and Lee are going to get a whole lot of money when I pass away, <laughs> right? They are. They're not going to have to make a decision on whether they're going to do this or do that because they've got to make money. They're going to make a decision on if they're going to do this or do that because they think it's what they should be spending their time on. It's something they're drawn to, something they're excited or passionate about. And I think that I think all of us want something better for the next generation if we're fortunate enough to have that as an option. Sure. But I, I just watch so many people, Will, who don't have a plan, right? The business was their plan. And right. then they get a lump sum of money and they don't know what to do with it because they're used to getting a paycheck if they were able to take money out of the business. Yeah. And so they don't know what to do with that. And so that's why they need to talk to folks like you who can help them put together that financial plan so that they know that they're taken care of. But what I've seen, right, business owners are awful clients a lot of times for wealth advisors because they can make more money putting the money back in the business than they can putting it in the market because sure. it's passive. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, there comes a point where you want to stop trading your time for money. Right. And you want to fund specific initiatives. And so with that said, man, I do think they're scared that they're going to run out of money. But the other thing is they don't have anything else. They traded in that nine to five when they left corporate America for five to nine. And they just keep working that five to nine because they believe that is going to be, they don't want to be a failure. They want to make sure that it actually works. Sure. Well, and, and it's funny you, you talk about that because we, you know, when we were in our little bit of a green room before we came in, we were sort of talking about what pop culture reference we wanted to talk about when it comes to Gen X and, you know, you mentioned, you know, that you coached high school football and, and and you're a football nut. And I think you and I both have a very similar favorite story from the 80s and 90s when it comes to the NFL and, and Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. And both of those guys continued well beyond their peak from the 49ers. Joe Montana moved on to the Kansas City Chiefs. Jerry Rice then spent time with a few other teams, mm -hmm. Oakland being one, when they had the opportunity to exit and exit at the peak of their careers. At the top of the game. And a lot. And that that's what I'm thinking about when I'm when you're talking about 
you know, founders and owners, they're very similar to a lot of these athletes hundred that, you know, John Elway's kind of the only one who went out on top, right? He sort of was the one who said, that's it. Super Bowl. Give me my champ. Give me my trophy. Give me my ring. And I will see you in the front office in a few years. And, uh, and that's, that's the way some of these other, the way that business owners are is they continue to push and they, you know, and, and a lot of business owners are athletes for that. That's, that's the commonality there yeah. is well, Tom Brady, push, right? Tom Brady's a good example, right? I mean, he just keeps playing and he's so good at it, right? It's, <laughs> right. He's so good at it. He gets the results, but what did he give up Sure. to keep going? Was it worth it? And nobody lives in that house but them, right? So nobody right. knows what that was. But, you know, there the other piece of this is like their fear of running out of money. But there's also this fear of, well, am I going to be good at anything else? Yeah. Is so anybody is that, else going to want me? Is that, you know, you, you talk about, you know, on your website and, and LinkedIn stuff, you talk about NEOs. Neos. Can you clarify Neos. Yeah. Can you clarify what Neos are first? Yeah. So if you watch the 1999 documentary, The Matrix, then you will know the main character. His name is Neo, right? Uh -huh. And so Neo was in corporate America, and this weird this guy Morpheus helped him exit the Matrix by giving him this red pill. And so what happens for everybody, regardless of which exit they're on, one through eight, they are leaving one place and going to a new place. And so they're newly exited operator. That's okay. what NEO stands for in our framework. And it, you're literally the main character in the movie, right? You are the protagonist. You're the good guy or gal. And you're coming to us so that we can help you come up with what's next. And Make sure that what you're doing is going to actually fuel what's next. We've seen so many people get into situations where they thought it was going to be one thing on the exit and it ended up being something completely different. <laughs> and they agreed to it just because they got tired, right? They had yeah. deal fatigue. They were tired of fighting. They were ready to give it up. And somebody else walked away with a tremendous amount of money because they just didn't want to fight through it. Gotcha. So the void that Neo's experience, is that what you were referencing before is, is, you know, who's going to want me? Am I good? What else am I good at? Cause I mean, looking inside myself, this is all I've done for 20 years. I don't know what else I, I know what else I would try to like to do. I'd love to be coaching basketball in some capacity. I, I don't know yeah. if I'd be good at it. I'd love to try. I think I'd be good at it. I think I'd be, I know you would be good you know, at it. You've got to be around you've kids, got a commitment but, to excellence. but I get it. What the heck else am I going to do? I haven't done anything else for 20 years. Well, I um, think there's a lot of things you'll do. And one of the things that you told me about in our first conversation is just your philanthropic interests and your commitment yeah. to raising dollars to help find a cure to the element that is. Yeah. Um, the neurofibromatosis that, yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, I'd love to spend all my time doing that. I'd love to see everybody spend all their time driving you know philanthropic mi missions that are important to them because they need us every charity every organization i mean they need us they need our help desperately and i know a lot of folks donate a lot of time and a lot of money and and they all need more i don't care if it's from big brothers big sisters all the way to neurofibromatosis to children's tumor foundation th they all need more 
There's um, not a shortage of problems for us to go solve, <laughs> no. right? And I think that's the thing, right? If you really suspended your disbelief and thought about what problem you want to go out there and solve for the world, right? And then create something and it doesn't have to be philanthropic. I'm not telling people not to make money when they sure. exit their company, but figuring out what that thing is and then going and making sh- and eradicating that problem from the face of the planet. If that doesn't inspire you, I'm, yeah, how cool I'm sorry that, that right? you listened this long, but <laughs> it gets really exciting. If you're willing to believe that you can actually eradicate the problem, the thing that is on this planet that shouldn't be. Yeah. So you talk also about the six centers of doubt. Yeah. What can you give us a little insight as to, as to what those are? Yeah. So whenever you go through one of these portals or you walk through the door to exit, you're going to end up experiencing a bunch of feelings and we've put them into six categories. And so the first center is self-image, right? And so the asking the question, who am I now that I've won the game? Since we've used the football reference, you win the Super Bowl in the locker room. All of the guys are asking themselves, now what? Every single one. When you win the Super Bowl of business and you exit and you make a lot of money, you ask the same question. Now what? Or what now? Right. The next one is relationship. And this is level two. And so the question that we see pop up more than any other is, what are the people in my life really after? So you win the lottery. There's some new people who show up. What do they want? Right. You, you might've been in the relationship for a long time. And we talked about a relationship being lost because of a commitment to the game for too long, potentially. But the question is, does my marriage make sense anymore? As an example, we've gotten to this place. We've been going through these things. We're fighting through these things, but is the relationship really what it's supposed to be? Work. What does work mean now that I don't own my business? You know, if you get put into a place where you are on a board because you're serving out some time on the backside (laughs) of the exit, then that gets a little messy. Sure. Right? Because you don't have the same influence you used to have. And I don't think anybody really wants to deal with that. Health. Did I give away all of the good years to my business? Right. You sometimes you hear women say, I gave you the best, my best years. A lot of people <laughs> are giving their best years <laughs> to their business. So what yeah. happens on the backside of that? And then the prosperity is level five, right? And it's I can afford it. But I've built this discipline, I've built this restraint. I, I I've decided that I shouldn't take money out. I should just put it back in the business. And so now it's like I can't. I got the money, but I can't let it go. I'm scared I'm going to live under a bridge after I'm worth $11 million type thing. And then the last one, significance. And this one hit me early. I went to a funeral when I I was 30. And it was a guy that I went to high school with. And I'm sitting in the parking lot. And afterwards, and I say, if I die today, who would carry my casket? And I, I had one, maybe two people that I could think. And so I think that's something that people start asking. Does my life even matter anymore? And like, I think the ultimate like measure of if your life matters is, do you have people fighting over carrying your casket? <laughs> yeah. Like if, I think if you've lived a big life, 
then there's a whole lot of people who want to get a, a hold of one of those rails so that they can help take you to your final resting place. So those are six centers. Gotcha. It's pretty deep stuff, man. That, that That's, and I know it's things that go through our minds as business owners, but we're not talking about it. No. How can yeah. you? <laughs> and the only ones that are going to understand are other business owners. 100%. You know, and, and you, obviously, because you're you're putting the work in. And so if Gen X business owners want to hear more yeah. from you, where do they go to to listen to? I know you have a podcast and you've done some things. Yeah. How do they find more from Jerome Myers? Yeah. So we've got the Dreamcatchers podcast. And I think podcast listeners listen to podcasts, right? Sure. And so in that, we explore the exit paradox. We talk to people who have exited. And get the low down skinny on what happened and how it happened. Because one of the things that I want to do is normalize the conversation around this situation. We know that people are experiencing it. Most people are scared to say anything to anybody. And in that, they are suffering in silence. And so we want to get rid of that first so that now they got the opportunity to get some help. So Check out the Dreamcatchers podcast. It's on your favorite platforms. It's also available on YouTube if you want to watch the video version. And then if you're curious about what you're experiencing or what you might experience on your exit, then you can hit theexitparadox.com and just read some more. And if you want to schedule a call so we can learn some more and see if we can help you on your exit, we'd love to get the opportunity to spend some time with you. And I know that, you know, working with business owners that are going through it just on the financial side, mm -hmm. um, it's amazing how many times we'll talk to them about, well, can I live on this much? Could I, okay, now the offer is this much. Can I live on this much? And then they, you tell them, yes, you show them the plan and they still don't exit. Well, and, and it's because of everything that we just talked about. It, it's it's all the of, other stuff. Yeah. It, it, it's, and, you know, just doing some self-reflection, I, I don't know what I would do if somebody came in and said, Hey, well, there's more money than you ever thought you'd make. There's more money than you ever thought you would have. I hope you would um, take it. Give me the keys and uh, go enjoy. And I hope you would take it. I hope you would take it. I like to think I would try to be involved in some capacity, which like you said, like you could be on the board, but that's tough. It's tough watching somebody else run the show, but, yeah. and I'll, I'll tell you the reason why I would hesitate. And I love my family. I love being with my boys. I love being with my wife and traveling. And like I said, there's a lot of things we want to do that are not Hoffman wealth management related, but I really love doing this and, and meeting folks and seeing how they can impact from a wealth standpoint beyond just worrying about stocks and bonds and mutual funds and ETFs and life insurance and annuities and estate planning and taxes. There's a, there's so much other stuff that goes into handling our money and, and working with clients. And we lost a client not too long ago, unfortunately by passing away. Oh, no. And that, you know, it's, that hits you hard. That hurts because you spend a lot of time with these folks. It, Some advisors not, do. You right, do. It's not, it's not just don't. A, it's not just a hey, buy this. Okay, thanks. See ya. Yeah. You know, you have a relationship. You have a, a 
conversations with these folks and then you miss them. It's, and sometimes you pick up the phone to call them because something happens that reminds you, you think of they're going to want to be interested to hear. And it's, yeah. so it's, I know that I would miss yeah. the human part of this business. I know that I would miss meeting interesting people like you and, and hearing how what you're doing is impacting wealth management when folks haven't even thought about what you're doing is impacting wealth management. They're thinking about their taxes and should I buy this? Should I sell? So I, but there's a lot of things that I'd like to do with, with my boys and with my wife and my parents are still with me. So, you know, getting to do all that stuff would, I think would be, would really cool. So at the very least, thank you for giving me that perspective. Hopefully, you know, folks that are listening are, are getting a, a perspective, especially business owners that are contemplating uh, an exit who have, you know, maybe thought about everything from a money side and, and want to see what life looks like when they take the red pill. Am I right? Set the right pill, right color. Pop the pill, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much, Drew. Thanks for all you that you do for Gen X, for our clients, for our profession. And uh, if you, Find Jerome on, on LinkedIn, find him on his podcast, Dreamcatchers podcast and the exitparadox.com. And as always, you can find us, find me on LinkedIn, chat me up. Let's talk about what's going on, what, how we can help. Hoffmanwealth.com, a great place to, to schedule a call if you have any questions or anything that we can help with, or if we can, you know, help introduce you to somebody like Jerome and, and uh, get your questions and things answered. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, Wendy, take us home. All right. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Jerome. And thank you for joining us today on Monetary Mixtape. Please like, follow, and share with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Don't bounce just yet. The streetlights haven't come on. Thank you for listening to the Monetary Mixtape Podcast. If you thought this episode was dope, then click the follow button to be notified when we drop a new episode. Visit our website at hoffmanwealth.com or give us a call at 724-522-5411. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hoffman Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, a registered investment advisor. Private Advisor Group and Hoffman Wealth Management are separate entities from LPL Financial. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly.